Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. Next week's, this week's feature is Critters and Leprechaun. Little things eating each other. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. If you were dead, it'd be a way better story for us to tell on the podcast. We'd have something to talk yeah, about. Like right before we started, Noah died. He fucking, he fucking died, man. Matter of fact, he's still, his dead body is still on the line. We, yeah. we haven't hung up on him yet. Ted's dead, man. Right, well, should we move on to our Madcap uh, episode? Absolutely. Why is this a Madcap episode? I don't know. Because uh, it's just we randomly decided to put two movies together, like Critters and Leprechaun. It's small monsters attacking people in a farmhouse. Oh, well, there you go. That's our theme. There you go. Well, Doug thought, of, thought out the theme a lot more than I did, apparently. I think somebody else said it last week. Like I got the theme from listening to last week's show. Oh. Make sure I didn't to make sure nobody said anything too dumb. One one has young, not famous, uh Jennifer Aniston, and one has uh not quite so young and not famous uh Neelix from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I probably would have went with uh, Billy Zane on that one, but you know, whatever. <laughs> A lot of people fuck, fuck Billy, Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, don't you be fucking my daughter, Billy Zane. He's a dick. He tried to push people off of the lifeboats on the Titanic. Fuck that guy. Can't um, trust the Phantom. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Noah, I know you're a huge Critters fan. So, oh, yeah. why don't you give us the lowdown on Critters? Uh, Critters is a movie uh, about a loving family of small razor-toothed <laughs> aliens <laughs> who break out of an interstellar prison and come to Earth to find a snack where they're terrorized by a horrible family in a farmhouse. Interesting perspective <laughs> all, on it. All the, all the while being hunted by strange, shape-shifting monsters. Well, the last part's accurate. <laughs> Uh, and I, have to take, I have to take issue with your plot description because I'm not sure they were ever given information to know that the critters are family. They could just be a, uh, like a gang of some sort. I'm I'm defeated by your solid uh, solid argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, technically, aren't they supposed to be like the last ten? Uh, I guess that doesn't play until like critters four. I don't I don't think they tell you that until three. Yeah, at the end of three. But basically, uh, critters are little fucking space assholes that like to eat stuff. I mean, that's that's 
basically the entire gist of what they are. Because they don't just kill people, they're also little sons of bitches that like to like, <laughs> cause problems. Yeah, uh, they're, they're little shit disturbers. That's, yeah. Yeah, little... it's... It's sort of been noted that this is New Line's attempt to jump on the like the Gremlins bandwagon around that time. Yeah, su- supposedly the script for this movie was like already done, and they mm-hmm. were shopping it when Gremlins hit. Yeah, and then everybody was like, "Okay, this is way too Gremlins. Like, we're not doing that." And so I guess they they turned really hard into the "They're from Space" skin to differentiate it from Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. But does anybody else think that like this movie pays a lot of different little homages to other stuff that came out recently before it? It's like, yeah, sure, it's doing that with Gremlins too. Why not? The guy's also wearing like what's basically a Ghostbuster symbol for his on his uh, bowling shirt through most of the movie, and, and the color the colors represent Egon's suit from the animated series. Is that true? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and then like, oh, so that's I mean, totally intentional. Yeah, and the the cat's named Chewy, and there's other references too. Where I'm just like, yeah, they're oh, there's like, I can't remember off the top of my head what I was about to say. But the you know, boy there's... is apparently really into Sting and the police, judging by his wall in his bedroom. That's a little weird because like a kid growing up in a farm, I just don't know if that new wave music would have been what appealed to him the most. Right. I'm just I'm just imagining in an '80s movie that kid listening to like. Every breath you take, <laughs> it is dead. Turn that shit off. Oh, you know that dad listens to like Hank Williams and stuff, right? Oh so. yeah, none of that Hank Williams Jr. shit. I love how much this family is such like this stereotypical like American family. It's like the dad is like the farmer who has the bowling league, and the whole family's gonna go watch him in his like big bowling <laughs> match that he's got coming up that night, and. Like the mom is just the, the perfect stay-at-home mom who's got dinner on the table every evening when everybody else gets home, and the the little boy is the the little shit disturber. He causes all sorts of trouble, you know. Shot, of course. Of course, he's practically Dennis the Menace, and then the, <laughs> you know, uh, how do you want to put what's the word for what's the word for promiscuous? But when you're talking about an underage girl and you don't want to say that, <laughs> the daughter, daughter, you know, very casually take Billy Zane out to the barn to fuck, and the parents don't do anything about it. They don't, well, they, they don't know. They don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't notice that little kid. They are up his ass in the whole movie, and the girl. They're like, "Where did Billy Zane go with my daughter?" Uh, my daughter, Billy Zane. Excuse me, but if you're paying attention to the movie, you'll notice that they park the car behind the barn, so the parents won't know. Which doesn't make any sense because you, you, you'd think they'd see the car not driving up the long driveway and out of the place. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, love, I love how the dad is like super disappointed she's not going to come watch him bowl <laughs> it's amazing I love this family it's it, it's almost like when you watch the Simpsons and you're just like they're trying to parody the perfect like family and you're it's the same thing here it's just like like when the kid when the kid does this the one point where they're critters have first shown up and they don't know what's going on yet and the dad's going out to investigate and he finds the kid in the tree even though the kid's supposed to be in his room <laughs> and he's and it's it's like the, that perfect like little happy moment out of like maybe it almost reminds me of moments out of like the first Superman movie or something where the kid jumps down and the dad's like oh I guess you've done that a couple of times like he's like oh, you're in trouble for climbing out of your room but it's pretty cool that you can get down the tree kind of moment it's just <laughs> all those little like cornball moments really make me smile in this movie <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and then of course you got Charlie. 
who was the town imbecile and drunk. Played, played by Don Keith Opper, one of my favorite fucking people. <laughs> it's so weird. But um Awesome. Is he is he supposed to be like mentally handicapped or is he just supposed to drink so much that he's not capable of life. I've never figured that out when I watched this movie. I, the whole the whole joke of the movie is supposed to be you think that he's acting crazy as an excuse for his drinking, you know, because he's talking about how he hears the aliens and the fillings in his teeth and stuff. Yeah. And then of course the big joke at the end of the movie is that he really was. He really was picking up alien signals in his teeth this whole fucking time. And that's really what drove him to drink. Which is kind of awesome. Because it's funny when they start dropping references to him, his earlier life, and it sounds like he was like a pretty normal dude for a long time, and he's gotten completely fucked up. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, as a Major League Baseball prospect. Little <coughs> heat on the arm. Then, yeah, it all went to shit. How great is it that he just goes to the jail to sleep it off when he's had too much to drink? And they let yeah. him keep his booze in the cell with him. Oh, yeah. Small towns. Totally. Yeah, like that Mayberry thing. Because, like, the door's not even shut on his cell. Yeah. If you'll notice, there's, like, a lamp and shit in there. Just like, oh, that's Charlie's cell. Like, we expect him about every couple days. That's awesome. <laughs> I love the idea that he stole that lamp one night when he was drunk and just brought it with him, and then they just let him keep it there. <laughs> Next time he's going to steal a rug, tie the room together. You can tell he's a responsible drunk because he only he only travels by bike. Yeah, never drinks and drives. Yeah, it might be technically illegal to ride your bike drunk depending on where you are, but it's really not that dangerous. What are you going to do? Fall off? <laughs> fall into a ravine and die. I know for yes. a fact you can get a DUI on a lawnmower. My my neighbor totally got a DUI on the lawnmower. Fun, fun story. I, I knew a guy that got his motorized wheelchair taken away <laughs> for multiple DUIs because technically you're not allowed to drive those things while you're drunk. Jesus. Not a guy I knew well, just... Uh, one of those yeah. characters about town that you tend to recognize, and then one day oh, you yeah. realize it's a little, uh, little harder to, to recognize him because he's not zipping around as quickly as he used to. <laughs> yeah, I used to. Uh, I grew up in a super small town, so there was a uh, a local guy who drove his riding lawnmower to the bar all the time. That's awesome. And then got super pissed when he did get a ticket for drunk driving. After they caught him like twenty five times, you know. You're like, Mitch, now you're not supposed to be driving this. You go on home. I feel like this is the kind of town that Critters takes place in. Yeah, totally. Because And then when Shitgart starts to go bad, you can tell nobody, including all of the cops, is prepared to deal with it at all. <laughs> like it is, like when the when the uh, sheriff is at the church after it gets like knocked over by the bounty hunters that don't know how to drive a car. <laughs> It's he literally is like he gets a second call and he's like, Well fuck, I don't know what to do. So he leaves. Like there's a building half collapsed after a car accident. There's a bunch of panicked people. He's like, Well, fight at the bowl and Allie gotta go. <laughs> what's what's the actor's name that plays that fucking uh plays the sheriff guy? Uh M. 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 Walsh. Thank, thank you, because he's in a ton of stuff and he always plays the same fucking character. And I and I love him for it. 
just crotchety old man that doesn't seem to understand what's going on. Yeah, in every fucking movie, like you see him rolling up, and you're like, "All right, we don't need any exposition. We already know who this character is." <laughs> well, similar to the family, a lot of the townsfolk fall into these like archetypal characters that are in like every movie. Mm-hmm. And it's fine, like for the purposes of this movie, you don't want to spend a lot of time getting to know all these characters and diving deep into who are they and what is their past. You just want something you recognize on screen for the critters to fight. <laughs> yeah, like fucking Billy Zane is like the guy from New York who's come to town. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, he's from New York City. And then you look, he's driving some fancy car, and the dad's like, you can't haul a whole lot of hay in this. <laughs> is it? <laughs> like, I don't even understand. I, I watched that line, and I actually rewound it and watched the scene over again, because I'm like, is he mocking the kid for not for driving a car instead of like a truck like a macho thing or is he just legitimately confused why cars exist because he's like well can't carry hay in it why would you even own one like I don't understand who the stupid person is in that scene I think he's totally making fun of Billy Zane from being from New York City That's New York is. City I know that's exactly what I had in my head too <laughs> uh, do you have a uh... well what brand is that Noah Paste picante sauce? Yeah, do you have paste picante sauce up there? Absolutely not. Paste picante sauce I is garbage. I remember the commercial you're referencing. Okay. But I don't think we actually had the product here in Canada. Right. I don't remember. I just didn't know if you uh, Canadians would get that reference, but looks like we're on, we're on good terms, so it's all right. We used to pick up a lot of American TV stations in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Yeah, so yeah, totally no. making fun of Billy Zane, which I think is totally warranted for that haircut he has in the movie. It's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> I'm t- I, I've always tried to figure this out. So, what's more badass? The cool little uh, shit-talking, uh, flesh-eating, spear-shooting little fuckers that are the Krites, or shape-shifting space bounty hunters? They're both awesome, and I don't think you have to, like, because they're enemies, you just like you have to pick which one's the cooler one. Yeah. Because, I mean, the critters are great, and I would love to have one as a pet if there was only a cage that could hold them. But there isn't. We, <laughs> we learned that because they put them on a goddamn asteroid prison, and they escaped from that. What if you could do, like, uh, the horrible things they do, like, in circuses where they just take all their teeth out? Ooh. No, I, I don't think I'd want, like, a... A toothless one? Toothless critter, I think... You, it's not, it's not a critter at that point. Their, their teeth are a very defining factor. You also have to have them despined. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a good point. But they still have those cute little human hands, which is nice. Yeah, it can't bite you, but it can totally put you to sleep like over and over again. <laughs> just, and you know these little shitheads would, too, right? They'd just hang out in the back corner of your room and just fire <laughs> off. And the weird, the weird thing in all of the critters movies, where they can't seem to decide if the critters' eyes glow red or not, because <laughs> at times their eyes are always glowing red, and then at times they're clearly not. Yeah, I think it depends on the circumstances. Maybe it's got to do with the lighting, or maybe yeah, they like used to glow like, them red. Yeah, like bioluminescence or something. Something to that effect. Yes, they're just like those fish that live so far down in the ocean that they glow. Uh, what is what is you guys' favorite moment in this film? Oh fuck! Because it's got a lot of really good like yeah <laughs> moments. There are tons <laughs> of them. 
Uh, I like it when the critter says fuck and then rolls yeah. off the porch. <laughs> that, 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 that is probably my favorite moment as well. It's the one I remember from when I was like a kid and I would watch this movie over and over again. It's just the, they have weapons, so... <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> I like that one. I do like the uh when Lee is walking around as the dead police officer. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently through and and this holds true in the second movie too, uh Lee seems to be incompetent when it comes to disguises. <laughs> He's indecisive. He's always changing his mind. He's not good at it. He doesn't just pick a rock star and look like him for the rest of the day, you know, which is the responsible thing to do if you're a shape-shifting bounty hunter. I love the fact that, so that music video, they shot an entire music video for this movie. <laughs> Wait. Well, yes. You slightly spoke item. because you, what you meant to say was they shot an amazing music video. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it's, so, it's so embarrassing to admit, but I love it. You don't see the whole thing, but they shot an entire music. <laughs> <laughs> well, 1986, that would have been a great way to promote this movie if they could have got that thing to rise up the charts. Yeah. And MTV. Like, get that shit on MTV. Our movie is going to print gold. Or much music. been just as good on much music. Yeah, we don't need your Canadian bullshit. Uh, I would say this is... It's... It's one of the best blends of comedy and horror you can get. Mm. Maybe maybe not quite uh, Evil Dead 2 level. Sure. But, well, it's but, up, but it's up there. But this, I think this movie blends comedy and horror, I would even say, better than Evil Dead 2. It, I can see this movie being scary to like a kid or a person who's never watched a horror movie before. I can see them being scared of the critters. I can see them being creeped out in the early moments when uh, when you haven't seen them yet you know like they find the dead cow and all those other things that are going on and we, we, we don't know what the critters look like I can see somebody being you know uneased by those moments it's not a it's not a pure comedy and I think oh I think I think it's a, it's an effective horror movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah the stuff with the dad down in the basement when they're first figuring out like what's going on is pretty crazy when he's just wandering around in the dark with a flashlight, and all yeah. of a sudden some furry ball thing just like jumps on him. Yeah, and I think they do a really good job with the the gore. is fun to watch, but it's never really over the top. Like when those guys are getting stabbed in the leg and the arm, or whatever else. It's always like, yeah, I believe the guy could keep moving on from that. It's it's not funny gore. Mm. So I think I think it, this is a really really well executed movie, which is. Not something I thought I'd say before I rewatched it for the first time a couple of years ago. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, I remembered it as this really cheesy 80s movie. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this holds up really, really well. Yeah, I haven't seen this in a long time. I've been watching part two more often for some reason. <coughs> is As far as horror franchises, I put it top five. Like, it's it's pretty easy. Really, I don't. I don't know if I would put it toe to toe with like Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street or Hollow. You know, well, argu- arguably Halloween because Halloween's really only got like two good movies, and then a whole bunch of 
like eh movies and then a bunch of shitty movies. And I would argue Critters has three good movies and one eh movie. That would be an argument. Hmm. Probably not the one you guys think, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost, almost inevitably. <laughs> but arguably, so yeah, that's that's where I, I mean, that's where I would put it. It's I think it's fucking awesome. There's I have no complaints. Like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. It's hard to talk about it because I like everything about it. There's nothing about critters I don't like. <laughs> Uh, did you guffaw when Charlie shot uh, the sister in the ass with the slingshot? <laughs> <laughs> of course. That is one of the most choreographed scenes I've ever seen in my life. He's just aiming, and you're like, <laughs> I know where that rock's going. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they genuinely shot her in the ass with a thing. It looks like, like it, yeah. Like, with force, I thought, I think I saw a ripple. There was a butt cheek ripple. <laughs> Well, there's no CGI back then. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Usually, they would have shot like a, you know what I mean, like a foam rock at her or something, something that would barely have made impact. That looked like it hurt. Director's like, no, we got to make it look real. So, just stand there. We're gonna, and uh, you don't, you won't know when it's coming, but we're gonna shoot you in the ass with a rock. I will say, I was really disappointed in the little brother in that scene because talk about a lack of ability to think on your feet. He can't come up with, I was aiming for the cannon mist. When they're like, did you shoot your sister with this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> say you're aiming for the stupid can. I mean, yeah. You're going to get in less trouble if it was an accident than you would if it was on purpose, won't you? Gets sent to his room without dinner. Yeah, that's all a ploy, though. They bring him dinner later. Parents oh, don't earn hard asses. No. Especially old D. Wallace. She's like, come on, I've dealt with aliens before. It's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Which they even give a nod to. They have an E.T. Uh, plush doll. And that critter eats yeah. it. I like when the critter tries to talk to it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, well, at E.T., they had him chasing after Yoda. So we're going to have E.T. talk to the critters. And he's going to eat them. It's going to be great. Well, you know. Critters eat everything. Well, they're not going to stop just because it kind of looks like an alien, too. Exactly. Um, what's your favorite critter moment, Noah? Besides the the fuck on the porch. Uh, it, it's it's a, such a fucking stupid thing. At one point, when they're outside running and they're kind of open and exposed, you see like all the critters kind of randomly running around doing shit. Mm-hmm. And at one point they pan over to the chicken coop where you know the the critters have been slaughtering their chickens. And there's a critter hanging off of the fence, just shaking it, going, <laughs> for like no fucking reason. And I don't know why, but that's super fucking entertaining every time I see it. Well, you're actually correct to think that it's entertaining. So uh, Critters are awesome. What about the one that gets killed with the cherry bomb? Or whatever it is, a little <laughs> explosive. For some reason, oh, it, yeah, because they just eat everything. It eats like a firecracker, and then it just goes off inside it, and it does that awesome little like fall to the side. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. It dies so gently. <laughs> yeah, it totally pulls the Looney Tunes, and like you know, its cheeks like blow up, and like expand, and he burps out smoke. <laughs> 
Fantastic. It's a pretty joke because you think it's going to be one of those, oh my god, they're indestructible moments, and then it takes like one step forward and then goes, eh. <laughs> it just falls over and dies. <laughs> we should mention this is like mere moments after eating uh, Billy Zane's fingers. Yes, yeah. that is. And mere moments after eating an incoming pitchfork. Yeah. No. I, lo- I love when she goes after it with a pitchfork and the critter wins that fight. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But it's cool. It's like, I'll eat that shit. Don't you be thrown out of me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Like, we literally could just sit here and just basically recite the entire movie. Yeah. Wasn't it weird at the end when they like put the house back together? Yeah, that was a little weird. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know how that fits the rest of the movie. I nobody seemed to have that kind of power <laughs> throughout the rest of the movie. Especially since the bounty hunters were not very concerned with structural or collateral damage throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I you feel get, like I feel like get, there's an alternate ending. Probably, probably the audience was like, "Oh, everybody's too sad that they lost their house. We need to find a way to to reverse all that shit." Well. Uh, so no, nobody else has some explanation that I missed in the movie that I, it's just no. it's just a weird thing that happened. Yeah, he gives them that little remote, and apparently it's got a rewind button on it. Would, to fix their house. We didn't we didn't talk about the fact that the bounty hunters are carrying these like uh, space shotguns. Essentially, <laughs> they just they shoot explosions. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, resulting in another one of the greatest critter moments where the critter is hiding in the toilet and the bounty hunter flips the lid up and all you see is this thing's back legs sticking out of the hole in the bowl kicking because it's basically worm its way down the toilet to get away. (laughs) Then instead of pulling it out, he just blows the whole fucking toilet up. (laughs) Well, again, not very concerned with collateral damage at that point in the film. No. And they even get chastised at the beginning. By the guy who sends them off. Yeah, whoever that guy is. Do, do we even know who that guy is? No idea. The head of that prison or whatever? Yeah, we'll say it's the warden of the prison. Okay. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. In our narrative, it works. Anyways, uh, 10 out of 10. All things good. Watch Critters. Yeah, I can't disagree. If you, it's, it's if you, if you haven't seen Critters, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, calm down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is. For the last like uh for the last while, for some reason Critters 2 has always been way connected with me more, and I don't know why. Um it, it's got something to do with so there's there's a Easter bunny scene. Yeah. And for some reason they would play it around Easter time on like public television over and over like TNT and shit would just play it over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, maybe. I don't think I really watched that much when I was younger though. I don't know. Uh Oh, we forgot to mention uh Lynn Shay has a little part in this movie. Yeah. She's the little uh she's the uh, uh what do you call that? The um uh, the operator at the police station. <laughs> The one who calls everybody on the radios and tells them what's going on. Yeah. 
But there's a fun little relationship between her and the deputy that basically sexually harasses her, but it's the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. Does it over the radio, too, so everybody can hear it. (laughs) It's kind of funny, because at the beginning of the movie, they play it up like almost like they have a relationship. And then when you realize she's been saying no to him every night for however long they've both worked there, it's like, oh, what a creep. (laughs) Come on. Totally Uh, asking for it. Uh, good times yeah if you haven't watched uh, Critters um, well there's something wrong with you and you should rectify that immediately yeah well I'm I'm not going to be as mean to the listeners as you guys if you haven't (laughs) seen Critters I recommend you see Critters that'd be a good way to to deal with that but uh, I don't I don't have anything negative to say about you as a person if you haven't it's Maybe you're just uh, a little younger and it wasn't, since, wasn't in your, uh, you know, your time frame or whatever. Since since we have a podcast uh, with tens of listeners around the <laughs> several countries, uh, we can take this time to say, put fucking critters out on Blu-ray. What the fuck, man? <laughs> it is weird that it's not available on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I, I actually read a big thing where somebody posted about it on Scream Factory. They were like, why hasn't Scream Factory done a Critters release? And they basically said that now Warner Brothers owns the rights and fuck all if it's ever coming out. Is yeah. basically what they say. Just lock that shit up in the vault. Um, good thing is if you go on Amazon, you can get the Critters 4-pack, all four movies, for under $10. Yeah, I think I paid like $6 purchase. for Canadian for mine. Yeah. I can honestly say I've bought it three times. <laughs> well, that's that's not a good use of your funds. Well, I bought it I bought it once, and then uh, a couple of my discs got scratched up because my roommate wouldn't put my discs away. And then I bought it again, and I'm pretty sure the fat kid stole it. I think I took it over there to watch one day. And then he never returned it to me, so now I bought it a third time. It's like, hey, I got your. I don't want your shitty DVDs that you've held on to forever. I've already bought a copy. I was actually all excited because I was like, it's time for me to upgrade. Let's get this bad boy on Blu ray. And then I looked it up and I was like, never released on Blu ray. No. Mm. Not okay. Not okay. Yeah. I don't understand why companies do things like that. That's this seems like a no brainer for me to put critters out on Blu-ray. But... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I would totally I would totally spend sixty dollars on like a Blu-ray box set of all four movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day they'll remake it and that's what it'll happen. Well, where it is, they're actually gonna do a critters television show. Really? Yeah, which I don't yeah. know if I'm a big fan of that idea, but No Charlie, no deal. Let's see. Let's see what it says. Uh, Collider. Collider says... uh, Set to return with a new series adaptation on Verizon... Oh, Jesus Christ. New series adaptation on Verizon's Go90. What the fuck is that? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Not a real thing. In Critters, a new binge... The critters return to Earth in search of one of their kin who was left behind years ago during an earlier mission. 
They land in Burbank, California, where they wreak havoc on a group of high schoolers and their families. Um, See, I'm okay with just the critters go west. That's not a problem for me. Yeah. I don't know if I appreciate it as a like a series. To me, it's these are yeah. kind of one-offs. It's kind of a stretch to do a TV series. Uh, the emerging streaming network Go90 ordered two new live-action comedy series from Warner Brothers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Critters Reboot and the Pet Revenge Animal Tale Golden Revenge from Conan O'Brien's Go. That sounds pretty good. Uh, what we need is like a Critters Planet of the Apes crossover. Because that would be amazing. Just Planet of the Apes with Critters. Critters of the Apes. Critters of the Apes. I'd be down. So are you envisioning a world where some humans travel far enough in the future that the critters are, are what evolved? No. Around the planet? No, I'm imagining the movie Planet of the Apes <laughs> and a shipload of critters land instead of Charleston Heston. <laughs> it's just, Dr. Sayas, Dr. Sayas, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, come on, Doug. You'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> did I imply that I wouldn't? No, you were just silent. I didn't know. <sighs> um, yeah, I don't know. Critters is awesome. So good. <laughs> let's just talk for. Let's just talk about critters for another four hours. <laughs> like I said, it would just be us reciting the script at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, all right, uh, Doug, since I know it's near and dear to your heart, do you want to tell us about Leprechaun? Yeah, I mean, Leprechaun. Uh, there is a Leprechaun, and his gold is stolen, so he follows the guy back to America. He, uh, the guy ends up trapping the Leprechaun in a crate. By, through the use of a four-leaf clover. Ten years later, Jennifer Anderson's dad is making her move into this old farmhouse for some reason, even <laughs> though she wants to live in the big city. And, uh, yeah, they... Is it... I think it's Ozzy, the mentally handicapped painter, that is accidentally releases the uh, leprechaun, and all hell breaks loose. I, I think you mispronounced his name. His name is... Uh... Fatso from Team Wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's spelled Aussie, but I forgot. I... And I believe it was Chubbs from Team Wolf. Is it Chubbs? I thought it was Fatso. And I'm pretty sure it's Chubbs. He's also in Team Wolf too, I believe. So if you guys Here, are going to go through his He's also character. Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Alright. So yeah, he's he's, he's clearly the important part. Not 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 Warwick Davis or Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> okay, we were both wrong. He's actually credited as Chubby. And, Chubby, uh, oh, Teen Wolf. We were halfway in between. I think yeah. Chubbs is, is the nickname. It's short for Chubby. Yeah, so that means I'm right. Because <clears throat> there's that great moment in the the final basketball game where, like, he makes a shot. And Michael J. Fox runs up, like, jumps onto his back to congratulate him, and he's just walking around, tiny little Michael J. Fox <laughs> hanging off. <laughs> this might be a tangent. That's all right. It's about Teen Wolf. So 
<laughs> coming soon, the Teen Wolf episode. <laughs> I have both of them on Blu-ray. Really? Yeah, from Screen Factory. Of course you do. Yep, my favorite company. <sighs> Anyways, what are you guys' uh, initial thoughts on Leprechaun? It is awesome in a really weird way that is hard to explain to people. <laughs> That's why I was hoping you'd explain it. Uh, my my argument is this. So, so I think the only thing that makes this movie work is the fact that Warwick Davis is really, really fucking good. <laughs> like, yeah, I will not argue with that. Warwick Davis, people don't understand how good an actor he is because people mm -hmm. think of him as being the guy that's always underneath these, like, in these costumes and stuff. But it's hard to act through a costume like this. It's Mm -hmm. hard to give a performance with that much makeup on or mask, whatever it is. And he pulls it off. And he's been doing that for decades now. Way back to, well, 84 is the first time that most of us heard of him. But it's... He's he's got this ability to shine through the costume and create a character that is in this case he's like lovable and menacing at the same time and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's kind of weird to say because you, I know I'm a big defender of bad movies, but I honestly don't think this is a bad movie. <laughs> I think it has a lot of things in it that are reminiscent of bad movies. Uh, I believe Jennifer Aniston would disagree with you. But somehow it all works out. Well, and, and here's the fucking thing. I totally get why she hates this movie, because she's fucking awful. She's the worst part of the entire movie. Her acting in it is hot garbage. And how on earth she's done that into a, a worthwhile career, I have no fucking idea. Because she's a good actress now but not in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, you know, setting aside Warwick Davis, I don't think there are any other really good performances in the movie. Although, no, that's not true, because what's his name that plays Ozzy? Um, he's actually quite good. But, mm. like, the kid isn't good. The guy that runs the slave-driven painting business. <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that runs a painting business where his only employees are a child and a mentally handicapped guy. It's like, why doesn't that kid have to go to school? Why is he a full-time painter? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Chubbs is channeling his best Lenny from my, of Mice and Men. In this. Yeah, but he does a good job of it. He, yeah. he, it's It never feels like he's sort of mocking the fact that he's handicapped. He's just but mm-hmm. you know it works in the movie because they need him to do stupid things and they have to give a reason for that but it's never at the expense of handicapped people that were laughing mm-hmm. I always like to think that the only reason why he's like that in the movie is that was their justification for him swallowing the cold coin that's I believe that is <laughs> they, they were like yeah he's gonna accidentally swallow it and they're like nobody's gonna accidentally swallow it and they're like what if he's like you know not all there <laughs> We'll just make him real dumb and weird. I think that that's true. They also need him a reason why he's always calling the cops to say that there's like critters invading and stuff. 
So it's always space aliens, and I think they may say he's called in about the Sasquatch and all sorts of things. Do you think he, like, as an actor, like, workshopped that before? Like, well, you're going to accidentally swallow this coin. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then came up with this whole, like, character backstory of the director. Like, I love it. I love it. I hope so. <laughs> Rewrite. Rewrite. Bring me the script. <laughs> now, instead of the kid dumping the paint on himself, what if you do it since you're the simpleton? By the way, that kid is full on evil, right? Because he dumps the paint on Ozzy. Ozzy is like, I told you to hold the ladder for me. But the kid is sitting on the ladder when he gets there. So he's not at all trying to help or correct the situation. He just climbed up on the ladder, took a seat after the fact, and just started laughing at him while he's covered in this weird blue paint. <laughs> Which I've asked this question a hundred times in the past and nobody's come up with an answer. Why are they painting the house that, that color? <laughs> like, bright blue with bright red shutters. Who goes out of their way to get their house to look like that? Well, to be fair, that's the only colors of paint they had. So the dad hired him. He's like, I want to paint this house uh, like a a nice like beige. I'm like, no, nah, we don't have beige. We have red and blue. That's it. You want your right. shutters blue or you want them red? It is just funny that they're painting it up to look like a cartoon house for some reason. <laughs> oh. I will say so. This watch through of the movie, I did notice one thing that I think I've that's of, of course I've seen it, but I it never registered with me. Holy shit! There's a lot of vehicle based leprechaun jokes. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh yeah, the tricycle that was funny, and then he's driving a little car. Then he's got like his little leprechaun death wagon that apparently he builds in the shed in five minutes. <laughs> He had some time, because he, he hid there for a while. Uh, pogo stick. Don't forget the pogo, oh, pogo stick. stick. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorite kills in cinema, cinematic history, is him bouncing on the guy with the pogo stick, saying that rhyme. Yeah, I remember in junior high, after we all saw it, we were talking about it in school. Like, isn't that fucked up? He gets like the pogo stick and like jumps up and down and kills that guy? Yeah. yeah. It, it was... Yeah. Once again, I think you put that into any other movie and you're like, that was dumb. But with Warwick Davis singing nursery rhymes while he does it. <laughs> yeah, I oh. think so. some of the credit has to go to the director as well for creating the atmosphere where it's like it's campy enough that you just accept things like that happening. And some of the some of the camp attempts at camp in this movie are like pretty like there's use of Dutch angle where you're just like, well that's obvious what you're trying to do there but then other times it's just like I don't know in that scene if I'm supposed to take it seriously and be scared or if I'm supposed to be laughing at the leprechaun balancing on a pogo stick and I kind of do both depending on what mood I'm in when I watch the movie yeah uh, I'd also say despite the fact that there's a lot of uh, special effects cheese obviously this isn't a high budget movie uh, the actual leprechaun makeup itself is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. He really is a freaky-looking little thing. I wouldn't be scared shitless of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's, it is, it's legitimately scary, too, which I think helps drag this away from just being a comedy film and being an actual, like, horror comedy. Yeah. Yeah, especially since he's wearing, like, the most stereotypical, like, leprechaun costume ever. 
Yeah. But then the actual face and stuff is kind of creepy. Yeah, you could take that same costume and put it on like just like a normal looking face and just say that's a leprechaun and it could be a kids movie at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, say what else? What else? What else you guys? What else you guys like about this? I'm, I'm trying to think of things to say without going all Farley on it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys remember? You remember whenever he gets the four leaf clover in his mouth, and then his face melts. That was <laughs> that, <laughs> that gory when he comes crawling back up out of that uh, well at the end. And he's just like melting off, and I'm just like, that's fantastic. <laughs> I do, I do love that uh, they do build like an ethos around the character, where like he has an obsessive need to shine shoes. <laughs> and at one point, they they keep him at bay by just chucking shoes <laughs> into the dirt. It's amazing. <laughs> this was all the time going shiny, shiny. I think it's sometimes in vampire movies they have like where vampires insist on counting everything or walk by like tied knots then untying them or something and they've used that and it's I think they're kind of playing off that a little bit but it's it's really funny. <laughs> There's a few references in this movie to other things. There's like the the scene with the cop car where they just basically lift it right out of Terminator and put it into this movie where he just imitates the cop's voice over the uh <laughs> over the, the walkie talkie or whatever and it's yeah. like yeah I I like that they're just blatantly referencing other movies from time to time <laughs> he does that creepy kids voice too yeah Ugh. that's legit creepy yeah I don't like that Un- uncool there's actually two different ones as well um, so that you can when you there's a girl and a, and a boy depending on what he wants to be doing in the moment and they're both creepy as shit so I think I brought this up before when we talked about this, but why did we never get our Leprechaun versus Wishmaster movie? I don't know. The yeah, world's not a fair place. Be awesome. <laughs> so they made like a fake trailer, and it's fucking fantastic. So I'm like, why didn't this happen? This this should have been real. Because they instead felt the need to make the WWE films take on the Leprechaun movie that had uh. the Leprechaun in it. We don't speak of it. <sighs> Son of a bitch. It's a movie called Leprechaun Origins. It's not about the origin of anything, nor is it about a leprechaun. Why'd you call it that? Fuck. You don't speak of it. <laughs> it's, in, get... it's in my box set. It, it upsets me that it's in the box set. I have not... It touches I... my other movies. <laughs> I have not upgraded to Blu-ray because the box set had that in it. Like, yeah. No, I'm not buying that. <laughs> I think after I told you that I bought it, you're like, can you just, could you ask if you could pay more to not have that one in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good that, stuff. That fucking upsets me. I can't believe. I know somebody. Somebody this. also made a uh, super cut of Chucky versus Leprechaun, right? That's a that's a no brainer to me. I don't know why that wouldn't happen. They're both, yeah. they're both about the same height and they're both like very similar tone in the movies and stuff. 
I just don't see how you could actually make a versus movie because they would start off fighting each other and about halfway through they'd both be like, no, this is fun. Let's kill everybody. Ah! Yeah, that sounds great to me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what the problem is. That's pretty much what the plot to Avengers was. Everyone likes that movie. I'm No, I I totally agree that it's awesome. I just wouldn't do it as a versus movie. I'd do it as a team-up movie. Well, yeah, they fight for a little while and then they team up, right? <laughs> They should do that. They should just do horror Avengers. Just start, just share world every fucking horror movie from now on. Just every one of them is share world. <laughs> I'd be, well, ask Universal how easy it is to put that together. Yeah, apparently it's a real problem. Well, as it, <laughs> as it turns out, uh, making a horror shared universe is really difficult when you refuse to make fucking horror movies. <laughs> oh, that's probably where the problem is. Yeah. That's probably it. God, I hate Universal. <laughs> the fucking worst. There was also talk for a long time, but like a Leprechaun movie that was set in like the Old West, which I think would be cool. That'd be fantastic. That'd be really fun. I, I mean, really, I would just do that. I would just take the Leprechaun and bounce him around all sorts of different places. Why not? So let me ask this. Um, so there's what? six actual leprechaun movies and then one fake one according to noah yes um right hold on leprechaun well one, according to all two leprechaun three leprechaun four leprechaun in the hood leprechaun back to the hood yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm just glad you have enough fingers to count that i i was trying to remember if there was a third leprechaun in the hood <laughs> leprechaun still in the hood it's that's a, that's weird that that was a gold mine that they that they were like leprechaun sequel leprechaun sequel what what if uh what if we put a bunch of black people in it and they were like what that sounds weird and they were like yeah let's just let's just try it and they did it and everybody was like oh my god that's awesome and someone's like oh my cousin knows Ice T I bet he'll be in it let's can we make a sequel sequel can we make a sequel of a sequel. Instead of a sequel to the the rest of the series, it's just an actual sequel of just one sequel. <laughs> See, that whole thing makes me sad though, because I want to know where else they were going to take the Leprechaun if he, if the Hood was just enough successful to make another movie, but not successful enough to go back to the Hood. Because I mean, <laughs> Leprechaun Down Under. Think of all the possibilities. Oh my god, I would I would pay so much oh. fucking movie, so oh much money god. to go to Leprechaun Down Under. <laughs> Only if uh, Paul Hogan shows up as Crocodile Dundee to fight him. Jesus. I think it's a given. Oh. Um, Leprechauns so- can't jump. Set it in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I guess my question is, um, how do you think the franchise exists? Is it one Leprechaun that everybody's fighting, or is Warwick Davis playing multiple Leprechauns across these movies? we've debated this before mm-hmm. I think at least the first two it's the same leprechaun mm-hmm. correct like it's definitely implied at the end of this film that he is not gone forever that he will in fact come back mm-hmm. so I don't see any reason why it can't be but it does raise all sorts of continuity questions going forward yeah because there are issues where the leprechaun's powers are inconsistent, which would be easily explained by the fact that it's a different leprechaun each time. Hmm. 
Are you are you talking about his his ability to make leprechaun lightsabers or his ability to make people fuck robots? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or his ability to make people face fuck lawnmowers. Well, anybody can make somebody do that. <laughs> um, That's quite the set of powers. Yeah, I'm really stressed about this whole issue, but I think. I think my tentative stance is that this is a different leprechaun in each film. Mm. Um. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't, I haven't really watched a whole lot of them yeah. besides the first one. Um, so I have to sit down and watch some, some of them before I guess I come up with a uh, definitive idea. Uh, it's a really hard question to answer because we don't know if leprechauns would normally look very different, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know if, if we rounded up a bunch of leprechauns, would they look different? And therefore, does it make sense for the different leprechauns to look the same or not? Yeah, well, that's what I was wondering. Like, because you could round up a bunch of critters and they kind of all look the same. Yeah. If, if I recall, isn't there a weird thing where his hair gets longer throughout the series? I don't know. I think that's right. I think that if you pay attention to each each progressive movie, the leprechaun's hair is longer. It's just dragging on the floor behind him by the end of the sixth movie. <laughs> at least, well, at least to the fourth. Like, I think the, the leprechaun and the hood movies kind of, like, go off and do their own shit. <laughs> hmm. I, I can't recall anybody's haircut from any of the movies. <laughs> so I didn't even pay attention to his hair in this movie. Kind of feel bad about it, though. You have to rewatch it. Rewatch it over and over again. Like me. Like a sane person. <laughs> I'll rewatch Leprechaun over and over again. That's not a problem. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, but it's a lot. <laughs> uh. I would say I've at least seen it once every other year since it came out. So that's a few times. It is a few times. Yeah, I would say that that's true recently. But when it was new was back when you had a lot less access to movies. So I watched it a lot of times between like 93 and 95. Like, <laughs> I feel like I watched it 20 times in that span. You you mean all children weren't bootlegging VHSs from their local video store? Yes, I was, but I mean, you had to go get the other VCR and poke them both up together. That was the happiest the happiest day of my life was when my dad got a DVD player because because he like unhooked the VCR and I was like, "Can I have that?" And he's like, "Why? You already have a VCR back there." And I was like, "I need this one too." <laughs> And uh, the local movie store had five movies, five days, five dollars. So I would just go, and I literally copied their entire horror section. <laughs> That'll teach them. Yeah. <laughs> Show them to stay in business. Oh, wait. Hey, I gave that means I rented every <laughs> movie in their horror section. Uh, no, that's a fair point. It's a one for one, so you're all right. They were probably like, "Here's that fucking weird kid again, <laughs> just going through the horror section alphabetically." Where are his parents? 
No, we're not renting you Videodrome. Well, maybe. Okay, just don't tell anybody. Actually, you know what the funny thing is? is That was a specific thing where I had to have my parents come in and sign a waiver that said it was okay for me to rent rated R movies. <laughs> because I was like, I, all I get is horror movies and fucking back back in the 90s, whatever, I was renting stuff. 90% of horror movies were rated R movies. You know, they were like blood and guts and mm-hmm. and it hadn't been uh, taken over by the I know what you did last summer bullshit that ended up plaguing the rest of the 90s. Oh, uh, see, you had to have somebody sign a waiver for you, whereas I just went down to the gas station that rented movies and the guy, you know, was like, oh, yeah, you want to rent Basic Instinct? Yeah, it's no problem. It's fine. <laughs> Lord, you want to rent Basic Instinct? These strings, what's, what's this? Is this some kind of a child movie? Uh, yeah, you want to rent Basic Instinct and Sliver at the same time? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, video stores. I know, right? Alamo Drafthouse is reopening a video store. Really? Yeah. Awesome. I think it's only in New York, though, which is bullshit, but whatever. A bunch of hipsters just rent movies they don't even have a player to watch on. Just to think they're cool. Like, yeah, I can't even watch these. Because otherwise, I, I'd have to watch it on like 16 millimeter. Uh, yeah, Video Vortex is what it's called. That's a video rental store. Uh, will be the largest video archives on the planet. Do they of... do they rent laser discs? Because laser discs are the superior format. <laughs> uh, and it's actually going to be set up in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a weird spot for it, but whatever. It's weird. It's really um, weird. Is that it will officially make it the most interesting thing in Raleigh, North Carolina? Probably. Um, so they're going to have Blu-ray and DVD titles. Which uh, also you have to go to the store to rent them, I, I believe, but then you can just like put them in the mail to return them, a la Netflix. Okay. And then they uh, will have a massive rental selection of rare VHS tapes, including titles never released on digital formats. And then uh, it says techno- technology limitations won't be a problem because Video Vortex will also rent VCRs. Awesome. Oh my god, it's like I'm like eight again. It's fantastic. It's like, hey, Actually, we're going to go rent a VCR for the weekend and it come in like that giant like plastic, like hard plastic case. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I wish I lived in Raleigh because I would do this and people would look at me like I was crazy and I'm like, I don't care. You don't know don't you don't wish you lived in Raleigh? No, I don't. <laughs> you wish but... you lived closer to that video store, where you want that video store to move closer to you. You don't want to. <laughs> That's true, but I would feel bad if it was in Peoria, Illinois, because nothing lasts in Peoria, Illinois. It literally would be a video vortex because it would just get swallowed up into nothing. <laughs> All right. So, do you guys recommend Leprechaun? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Is that still what we're talking about? Or I guess I don't know. This I've been involved in just us renting videos when we're. Is, I would, I would say there is this. I recommend this movie to everyone, even though there is a mathematical probability that fifty percent of people hate Leprechaun. 
50 percent of people will hate this movie 50 percent of people will love this movie and the 50 percent that hate it are wrong <laughs> yeah i definitely think this movie would be very divisive it's not it wouldn't have the mainstream appeal that something like critters would have i don't know what you're talking about doug it's not like you got into an argument with somebody about it last time i reviewed it it's not like our other podcast kind of ended because of <laughs> our previous review of this movie, <laughs> or anything. You know, you know, whatever. <laughs> I do have one question I want to ask you guys about this movie, and I think it's kind of an important point that gets overlooked a lot in discussing the film. Jennifer Aniston's nose job? No. Oh, okay. Jennifer Aniston's nipples. <laughs> What I want to know is, during the end credits, why do the producers thank U.S. Vice President Dan Quayle? Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> they thank George Lucas, a bunch of people I don't know who they are, and Vice President Dan Quayle. And I don't understand that. Maybe Dan Quayle gave him some money? Is it... It's plausible, but I was hoping one of you would have some insight... I just, I just want there to be a cool story. Like it turns out that like Warwick Davis and fucking Dan Quayle are just best friends. <laughs> Hang out all the time. Warwick Davis still lives over in Europe. Everyone knows that. Yeah, Noah. If you like Warwick Davis and you've never watched his sitcom show, uh, go back and watch that. Cause I do want to watch that. I never have. It's one of the funniest fucking things that's ever been put on. Oh, here it is. I found it. Um, so apparently they thank George Lucas because he released him Warwick Davis from his contract for something so that he could work on Leprechaun. Really? Yeah. And uh, former Vice President Dan Quayle for rushing through Warwick Davis's work visa. Oh. Why is the Vice President r- rushing through Warwick Davis's well, technically, at the time, I don't think he would have been vice president anymore. But okay. I don't know. Does, does he just go to like a lower tier job then? And like when you're done being vice president, you just go work at the passport office, and you're like, "Oh, this guy needs a visa rushed through quickly." <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad there's a good reason for that. Then, if it's a true reason, I mean, this is just on some blog. The kids be making you, shit up. Do you permanently keep the title of vice president like you do with president? You know, because ex-presidents, you're still supposed to refer to them as president. Uh, I believe you do. Because I believe uh, they still call Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden. That's just wishful thinking, partially, though. Um, Yeah, thanks for not giving to Lucky Charms, however. As they originally gave the filmmakers use of their trademark image for the serial scene but rescinded it after seeing the gory final film. <laughs> <laughs> Necessitating really? expensive reshoots. Yeah, apparently. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. So you already said yes. Yeah, I think once you say yes, you're you're in. But it was probably in their contract like pending final review or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they did they know more about contract law and stuff they, they, sh- they should have went to another serial company they would have worked with them 
Just like fucking Frosted Flakes or something. It'd have Tony the Tiger just pop up and be like, it's great! And then the leprechaun slits his fucking throat. (laughs) That might have been over the top by this movie's standards. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I have an answer to my question. I can't believe I have an answer to my question. Maybe. I love the idea that he was still vice president. (laughs) In my mind, they're like, they called the White House. Who was, who was he vice president under? Like Uh, original George Bush. Yeah. So they're like, can we speak to George Bush about getting a a midget, a green card, please? And he's like, no, that's the president doesn't have time for that. We'll get the vice president to look into it. (laughs) Um, Oh, I guess now that I think about it, because, um, See what Leprechaun came out in what ninety three? Yeah. So when they were getting all the pre production done, I guess he would have still been vice president. I don't, I don't know when he was. I know exactly when Leprechaun uh, came out. I have no idea. What Bill Clinton doing. became president in ninety two. So it would depend on like when they were trying to get all this shit set up. I would assume a film like this takes quite a lot of prep work just to get yeah. everything perfect the way they did. Yes. Complete, completely perfect film. Said with caution, so that we don't get yelling at each other. <laughs> After Goose Dog, otherwise things happen. Sucks! No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. So, did you guys watch anything since last time? I actually don't have a lot. Um, I watched, what was that? I already forget what it was. Everything Sucks TV show oh, that yeah, yeah. you said was good last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really like it as much as you were saying it was pretty good. Um, I did, every time I tried to turn it off, they'd play a new song and I'd get caught up in it and be like, oh, I gotta watch five more minutes so I can hear this song. Because they'll play like full 90s songs just right in the middle of their show. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm so, still not done with it. I'm still saving episodes, so. Yeah, I found it got a little too teen drama-y for me. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, going to watch that. I'll just go back and rewatch old episodes of Degrassi. <laughs> See, I didn't have Degrassi growing up, so I don't, I don't know. Because oh, really? the only thing I really had was uh, my so-called life. That lasted like one season. Well, Degrassi must be available at this point of stage. So. Oh, it's got to be because it was like what, like fifty seasons? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like the Canadian equivalent to Doctor Who. We just keep making it. I think it's still ongoing. Actually, I'm not even sure, but I think it, there's still new episodes coming. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I know when they brought it back, it's like one of the kids from the original is like the principal at the school now, and it's all about his like daughter or something. 
Uh, let's see. At least in 2016, they had Degrassi, the next class. Okay. And it looks like it is does not have a completion date, which would made, lead me to believe it's still going on. Oh. Yeah, I believe they will probably continue it forever. <laughs> and then, if it ever goes off the air, Netflix will buy the rights and start making new episodes. So. <laughs> that's what Netflix is trying to do, is just overtake every market now. Pretty much. I'll be 100% that's... honest, I don't even know what it is. Degrassi? Yep. Never never seen anything. Not a single second. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you for not seeing it if you're not Canadian. But I thought you would have known what it is. It has quite the reputation. I figured, being as a fan of Kevin Smith, you would at least know what Degrassi was. My, like you said, never, never watched. I've, I've heard of it a thousand times. Never engaged with it at all. Hmm. You know what else I watched, which is weird, is I watched like this new Joel McHale. Comedy yes, Netflix. The Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. It's basically yeah, Talk Soup, but yes, which I don't even think Talk Soup was the last name of that show. It was the Soup. Yeah, and I just the only reason it's interesting is that it's like Netflix is finally going after that last bastion of what TV is for. It's like when you're just bored, you just want to put something on and just kind of <laughs> stare at the screen and listen to stupid jokes. Now Netflix is trying to give us that too. It's like they're just trying to drive the cable companies out completely. You have no idea how happy I was <laughs> that they did this show. I loved the soup when it was on and all just the weird, stupid shit they would do. It was I, very sad when it got canceled. It was it, that show back in the day. I remember like when Kevin Nealon hosted it at one point, Aisha Tyler, I think. And it was like all these weird people would host it for like a season or two. And it was just, I remember just it'd be like Saturday afternoons, like back when I was like in my 20s or whatever, I'd usually be hungover. And it would just, randomly be on it's like from 215 to 245 we're gonna put this show on and you would just sit there and watch it just because there was a lot less access to stuff back then and it was just and then it kind of i don't know something like that just gets gobbled up i guess because if you're gonna watch stupid little clips you just watch them on youtube or something but it's it is funny that they're they're finally going and saying like yeah you know like we're just gonna put this dumb shit on too <laughs> Which is fantastic. So and I love. Uh, did, you ever, did you ever watch the soup, Noah? Uh, every once in a while. Did you know Mankini? Mm, I don't know. Just this bearded dude who would wear a bikini top all the time. They called him Mankini. Hmm. Um. So the very first episode, since they're on Netflix now, um, Joel was doing like a, a tour of Netflix. And he's like, it's great. When you get your own show, you get a pass key to the upside down. And so, of course, he goes to the room and it's all upside downy. Oh, yeah. Then, what is it? God damn it. Paul Schreiber's in part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the very end of the first episode, he's in the upside down and uh, he's you see someone step into frame. And he's like, well, if it isn't my old nemesis. And he goes to say Mankini, but that's obviously trademarked by the soup. He's like, no, no, here in the Upside Down, I'm known as One Piece Man. And so now, <laughs> now he just wears like a One Piece swimsuit. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous bullshit ever, and I was like guffawing the entire time. That's awesome. <laughs> 
trying to think. I'm trying to think of what he calls him because Paul Schreiber's standing there the first time he goes into the Upside Down, and he goes, "Oh, if it isn't blah 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 from Stranger Things," and he goes, "I'm, I'm Paul Schreiber." <laughs> I liked the part of it where he's walking through and they casually point out that everybody from Community now has a Netflix show. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so they'll stop by at his show and they're like, "Ah, I'm busy." It's uh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. I love that show. Anything I mean, else? Doug? Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't get to really any new movies or anything this week. So. Ooh, this is gonna be a short episode this week, unless Noah's got something for us. Uh, I watched a few things. Uh, I watched the second half of the first season of The Tick, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Have you watched it yet? I have not. Yeah, why? I got so much because I got so much other fucking shit to watch. No, why? <laughs> I've we've we've had this conversation. I was never huge into the Tick, so it's not at the top of my radar. Have you watched the first half of the first season? I have not watched any of the new season. Jesus fucking Christ, Brian! <laughs> <laughs> watch, watch the first fucking episode. Just, just take. Take a fucking break from whatever the fuck you've been doing. Uh, watch the first episode. And if it's not fucking awesome, you can just wait to watch the rest of the show. Uh, but it's really fucking yeah. good. We'll see. I may now just do it just to frustrate you every week. We'll see. It's upsetting. <laughs> you got to keep messaging him during the weeks and saying, oh, I should watch that. Reminding him that you're going to, so he'll ask everybody so that he gets angry every week when you haven't seen it. Uh, told Noah just has an aneurysm. It hurts. <laughs> but, uh, so then I wasted a whole lot more time watching some random show I found on fucking Netflix called Ugly Delicious, which is like a uh, travel slash food show. Where they basically choose one food and then just do an entire docu series, a one food item per episode. Like episode one is pizza, episode two is tacos. <laughs> I thought it was going to be some obscure foods that they have to explain to us what they are. No, no, but they show you they show you like all the different foreign variations of it and stuff. Which it was, it's actually, it's a pretty good show. It's it's not bad. I mean, you have to kind of be into food. And I think the hosts get a little preachy and obnoxious sometimes, which I don't like. Mm. Uh, so then, uh, as you guys may require recently, we had a conversation about Pam Greer's tits. Sure. So, so I, Did we have a conversation about it? So, so I was like, hey, you you know what I can do? I can watch a movie with Pam Grimm's boobs in it. <laughs> and that would be so much better than just talking about it. So I watched Coffee because that movie's fucking mm. awesome. Yeah, I got that on Blu-ray for Christmas from my uh, in-laws. Man, it's good. You haven't watched it in a long time. I saw it on uh, Turner Classic Movies. What did what, 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 it fuck was that show called like the underground or whatever yeah they show a little bit more uh racy content than their normal lineup 
it's always been weird. I, I always wondered why, like, uh, so Sweet Sweet Back and Shaft have always had, like, a better standing than Coffee. You know what I mean? Like, more people know. Tons, everybody knows Shaft, I think, just because of the fucking theme song. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I, I always thought Coffee was actually a better movie. It's probably even more exploitative, but <laughs> but it's also a really good movie, so it's fine. Things can be exploitative and be a good movie. Hmm. Um, oh, I'm going to have to pull the Blu-ray out. Give it a watch. Yeah, man. Instead of watching the tick. Oh, no! Watch, watch the tick! <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker! That was well done. And, Good job. Yep, yep. I'll do it again. And then I was uh, randomly flipping through my movies, and I saw my little pile of John Waters movies. Oh, no. And I was like, I love John Waters. <laughs> watch some John Waters movies. And so I watched Cecil B. Demented. Uh, it's awesome. If if you guys have never seen it, it's really cool. Have you guys ever seen it? Have you guys ever seen I it? actually have not. I have not either. I would say John Waters is kind of a big hole in my uh, cinema watching history, which uh, would make John Waters giggle probably that I said it that way. That's, that's true. We might have to add that one to the fucking list because that's... It's a weird fucking movie, but it's it's a pretty fun pile of sleaze. And then <laughs> I was like, "What other John Waters movie should I wear? Should I watch one of these good ones, or should I watch Pink Flamingos again?" <laughs> and I was like, "I'm gonna watch Pink Flamingos again." So I watched Pink Flamingos. It's still disgusting. It's still awesome. <laughs> It all works out for the best. And then after watching Pink Flamingos, I had to take a shower and not watch any more movies. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. So that's the end of the list. Pink Flamingos, like, you have to take a fucking break after watching that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, but if it's disturbing enough that you have to not watch movies after, then I bet you nobody wants to. So I will... I will say that there is a part in the movie where somebody eats some shit. And if I understand it correctly, that is actually a person eating some shit. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard. That's one of the reasons I've never seen that movie. Yeah. That's pretty much what's kept me from it, too. It's a weird... It's kind of hard to explain what's so... Like enthralling about it I mean because John Waters basically sat down and said how can I make the most disgusting uncomfortable offensive movie I can and still get away with it (laughs) and he did it (laughs) like I think he got to that line he was like where's the line where I can get away with this and not have people burn my house down and his house didn't burn. So so he accomplished his goal. You ever seen Andy Warhol's Bad? I have not. I haven't seen any of the Andy Warhol movies. I feel like it's Andy Warhol trying to do like a John Waters movie. 
So let that sink into your brain for a second. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> One of my old coworkers gave it to me because he is a huge John Waters fan. And it's, yeah, pretty much like the exact, it's just like sleazy and weird. And the, oh. the, the main thing I remember is these two girls who are twins, uh, they're trying to seduce some guy or whatever. And so they strip down to their underwear, and one twin looks at the other one. And it's like, hey, you're wearing my underwear. And she's like, what do you care? They were dirty anyway. And I'm just like, blah. <laughs> Andy Warhol did a, uh, a vampire movie, right? Um, did he do a Dracula movie? He too? did a Dracula movie and a Frankenstein movie, yeah. Because mm. I think... Because the vampire movies got somebody really good playing Dracula, right? I could have sworn it's been a long time oh. since I even fucking thought about it. I know, I know, I've always meant to go back and watch all of Andy Warhol's movies, and I never have. Too bad we don't have some sort of uh, uh, future machine to tell us all the stuff that somebody's done. No, no way to look it up. Nope. Let's move on. Gone forever. I will say, like, Flesh for Frankenstein is a weird take on the Frankenstein story. <laughs> and it has some sleazy stuff going on in it. It sounds sexy. Uh, <laughs> like, well, is it supposed to sound sexy? It has uh, some sex in it. And I believe that maybe the title is trying to let you know that. Well, he did a movie called Batman Dracula? What? Oh. Move, pop-up ad. Apparently he did a movie called Blowjob. Yeah, I saw that. It's a documentary short. I'm just like, uh... Is that just him filming somebody getting a blowjob? Uh, Why am I more intrigued by the Batman movie? Yeah, Andy Warhol's infamous lost campy classic charting the adventures of Batman two years before Adam West donned the Cape Crusader's wings in the classic TV show. Doesn't tell me nothing, sir. Blood. Oh, there we go. Blood for Dracula. Uh, I think the listeners love it when you guys look up stuff on air. Underground. <laughs> oh, okay. I've seen the Velvet Underground. Uh, all right. We're going to have to do an Andy Warhol show at some point. That's well, reasonable. What else did you watch, though? No, that was that was it. Like I said, I watched Pink Flamingos and I was done. Uh, <laughs> I was done watching movies. I had to cleanse my eyeballs. It's like crying himself to sleep. What about you, Brian? Do you watch that? Uh, I only watched a couple of things. That's why I said this is going to be a short episode. Um, uh, I've been watching Slasher on Netflix. Okay. Which I had not seen before. Uh, about halfway through the first season. That's about as far as I got and then I stopped. Hmm. It's intriguing. I, I'm not saying that I really enjoy it, but I'm definitely con- sort of like, okay, I'm curious to see how this winds up. I don't know if I think it's going to wind up good or not. Um, the good thing is, from what I understand, the second season is they're almost doing like American Horror Story style, where it's just completely different story and setup and some of the actors are the same or whatever so so even if I don't enjoy it I'll probably still fall through to the second season because then I think Netflix had more to do with it on the second season but I may be wrong 
I, I found it was okay. And mm. it's just, there's, you have access to so many things right now that sometimes just okay isn't good enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Then I was kind of in the mood for just a weird exploitation movie. Yeah. And it's one, <laughs> and it's one that I've always meant to watch, but I've never sat down to watch before. And I had always seen pictures of the main character in like a nun's costume. All right. So, so I checked out Miss Forty Five because I was okay. like, "Oh, it's like a grindhousey exploitation thing," and apparently she dresses up like a nun, so this could be fun. And I found it really boring. That's my memory of it too. I haven't seen it in years, yeah. but I went I went through a stage where I watched like a ton of these like vigilante type movies, mm-hmm. and that was one that I just remember not really liking, and I might. Memories are all fuzzy because it was so while back, but I remember it being slow. And yeah. just not a lot happening, and you're like, what are you trying to make a drama here? Like, this is supposed to be an exploitation film. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the main character is mute, and maybe that's a problem because she doesn't, I don't know, express much in the film. Um, and she has the horrible, unfortunate luck of getting raped twice in the same day. Um, and so then she kind of has a mental breakdown and decides she's going to start killing rapey dudes on the street. Yeah. Uh, which then you should be totally for. And I'm not against it, but it just seems like the whole thing is just her going home uh, and then getting ready and then going out and killing a rapey guy. And then going home, getting ready, goes out, kills another rapey guy. And I guess the whole time her landlady slash neighbor is getting very nosy about what she's doing and stuff. And that's pretty much about it. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, isn't this one where it's like a lot of the killings are just she shoots a guy? Yeah. So it's like it's not fun to watch her kill these guys or anything like no. that. Not really. I I don't believe I ever actually saw the movie, but I do remember one of the the poster arts for that film is fucking awesome. It's like a it's like a lady from the waist down and you're kind of like looking between her legs and there's like a dude holding a pool cue coming at her. She's Maybe. got a gun. Possibly. I I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember right cuz I've seen that poster a bunch of times. It's a fucking awesome movie poster. Especially for, like, a sleazy grindhouse type thing. Oh, yeah, you're correct. Here it is right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And, like, some of the other ones show her in the nun outfit, which really plays no role in the movie except for, like, the last five minutes. <laughs> which is disappointing. They're like, it's a nunsploitation movie. You're like, ooh, nunsploitation. No, it's not. Yeah, that's why I was kind of excited about it. And then it's just like, oh, that doesn't mean anything, really. It's a rape revenge film with twice the rape. No. 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 Yeah. Just have twice the revenge instead. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was, I was a little disappointed with it, especially since I heard it talked up so much. And then, even when I, because I use Letterboxd to keep uh, track of all the stuff I watch. So when I went on there to like log it, like all I saw was like five star reviews, and I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, I love it. I don't get it. Yeah, 
whatever. Um, and so then I needed to go the opposite direction. So I watched uh, Mom and Dad with Nicolas Cage and Salma Blair. Okay. Um, the thing I love about this movie. So this movie, something happens. There's no real explanation for it. But suddenly all at once, uh, people, uh, specifically in this area, I don't know if they really talk about much outside of the... No, no, they do. They said it starts in Australia. So worldwide, something happens that triggers people to have an insatiable urge to kill their children. And... Like, if you're around adults that are not your parents, you're perfectly fine. Like, they don't have an urge to kill you. For some reason, it's just their children. Makes sense. So, this happens, and Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair, who are together, um, decide they want to kill their son and daughter. So, it becomes almost like a... uh, uh, I don't want to say Home Alone scenario, because it's not like traps or anything, but it's basically them in a house trying to not get killed by their parents but this allows nicholas cage to go full nicholas cage because he's in this weird like uh state where he's just like going 100 miles an hour the entire time so that was fun just get to watch nicholas cage do go full cage and uh i would say i enjoyed the movie there's an interesting twist uh, about halfway through the movie where it's not really a twist. It doesn't spoil anything. Um, so Nicholas Cage and Selma Blair are trying to kill their children who have barricaded themselves in the basement. And just as they're about to like do something to bust through the door, the doorbell rings. And Selma Blair looks at him. She's like, oh, I forgot your parents were coming over tonight. And he's like, that's tonight? <laughs> and so they open the door and his dad is played by Lance Henriksen. <laughs> Who then goes ape shit trying to kill Nicolas Cage? Oh my god! <laughs> now I'm watching this. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's not even like a huge part. Like he opens the door. I'm like, is that fucking Lance Hendrickson? And then you know they have their like 15, 20 minute scene, and then like that's pretty much it for Lance Hendrickson for the movie. But it's just like, holy fuck! I'm watching Lance Hendrickson go crazy trying to kill Nicolas Cage. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's an interesting movie. It's a lot of fun. The ending, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I don't know. You have to watch it to understand. Then we can talk about it. But uh, all the rest of it's just a lot of fun. Like I said, 100 miles an hour, just shit going crazy. They do try to delve into some like backstory with Nicolas Cage and some of them are having trouble in their marriage to show these flashbacks and stuff. And I'm like, that's not really important. Let's go back to where they're they're literally trying to kill their children in the middle of their own house. So, yeah, at least worth a watch. If anything else, um, and that's all I watch. That's it. That's it. This is going to be a short episode this week. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Doug, don't you tell us what we're doing next week? All right. Well, we are going to ask the listeners to kind of indulge our geekiness a little bit next mm-hmm. week, um, being that we're all movie nerds and big fans of of uh, kind of everybody that's involved in the filmmaking industry. We've decided to look for some people that are maybe not so well known, but that we think deserve more credit mm-hmm. than they get. 
some unsung heroes. Yeah, so next week we're going to talk about Michael W. Moore, not Michael Moore, the filmmaker. Michael W. Moore, who has worked on everything from the Hobbit movies to a number of Star Trek movies, done some genre stuff. And he works, basically he's making props for all these movies, which is a really important job that never gets enough credit. Mm -hmm. We thought... I believe it isn't some of his credits even listed as uncredited. Yeah, he literally says that right there. And it's like, what? (laughs) obviously, you know, when you talk about I'm just trying to think of examples off the top of my head. He's like, he was in Lawnmower Man. I mean, that's a movie that's prop heavy. That's mm-hmm. he, he deserves credit for that. I mean, some of the Star Trek movies are obviously the whole scenes, the whole like settings of those movies are essentially giant props. So to give the prop makers no credit seems unfair. So we just thought we'd try to find a couple of movies that we could talk about. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know much about the guy individually, no. but. Uh, so if I'm just trying to even remember what we picked, just checking the list to see what we picked. I think we went with um, Leprechaun yeah. 2 and Critters 2. Yeah. So we'll talk about those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tough to narrow down because he does have like a huge list of stuff he's worked on. Like you just yeah. mentioned the Hobbit movies and stuff. Yeah. And he, was, he did some of the Darkman movies and stuff too. And you're oh, like, well, oh, those are like genre friendly. So we just, we just picked some kind of at random. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those would be the two we do. Just I want the big elephant. <laughs> Give me the damn elephant! <laughs> Shit. I gotta go watch Darkman now. I know, right? <laughs> you, can't, you can't say Darkman out loud. can't do it. What do you do? Liam Neeson appears. <laughs> Take the fucking elephant! <laughs> God, I love Darkman. I know. So, so, so awesome. <laughs> so you know, uh, all three of the movies were released by Scream Factory. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, good random picks for next week. Go Leprechaun 2 and Critters 2. Yep. All so right. try- Is there anything in the theater you want to go see this week, Noah? That's a good question. What's out? What's out right now? Well, a bunch of garbage. Uh, Black Panther. Which did you guys see? The Disney's actually donating money from Black Panther profits to build, um, like youth. I did see that youth, uh, like programs and stuff. Like they talked about in the movie. Did you? Did you guys oh, see? Okay. There's talk that. Uh, if the Warner Brothers AT and T merger doesn't go through, that Warner Brothers might sell oh, off their movie division <laughs> and DC Comics as well. Can you imagine? It's somewhere the CEO of fucking Disney is just menacingly rubbing his palms together. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That'd be awesome because I, I, I just. I would love to see a good movie based on a DC comic. Yeah. And we could finally do like, if they could hold it out long enough and actually like get a good, like cinematic universe going with the DC stuff, we could finally have like a full on like crossover movie wise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if Disney owned both of them, Amalgam universe. Oh, we could get a fucking a dark, dark claw, claw movie. 
<laughs> Fucking Lobo the Duck. Lobo the Duck, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. You can go watch the really shitty uh, Death Wish remake. I actually am thinking about going. I know. Ugh. I know it's a bad remake of a really good movie, and and it's uh, Eli Roth. All of these things are bad, but yeah. you know what? I really do like Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's not getting very good reviews whatsoever. Well, uh, Bruce Willis is so hit or miss. Like when he really puts his heart into a movie, he's still mm-hmm. very good. But there's a lot of Bruce Willis movies where he did not put his heart. In them, so yeah. Um, there's that. Oh god. I was just gonna say, if I see that movie, it'll be because of Eli Roth. Because I'll expect to see some fun kills in yeah. a mediocre movie. The thing was, I wasn't jiving with the trailer. And then in the scene in the trailer where he's like, are you going to kill me? And he's like, no, Jack is. And then he pulls the Jack out and the car falls on the guy. Yeah. I was like, don't take stuff that's reserved for Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. Here's here's the thing. If, if we're talking don't try to... to defend this joke. Don't try to defend this joke. No, I will defend the joke in one way. We're talking about a Death Wish remake. If Charles fucking Bronson had delivered that line, it would have been awesome. <laughs> no, Jack will. So I'm like, mostly because it's Charles fucking Bronson, and it doesn't matter what the fuck he says. Yeah. But I don't know, like, I just happened to catch, like, a few minutes of the movie 16 Blocks on TV the other day. And it's like Bruce Willis has hair in it and he grew in a mustache so he'd look like this the cop character that he's supposed to be. And I'm just like, I remember when he used to do shit like that and not just be Bruce Willis. And I don't know if maybe I'm getting old or whatever, but I don't know if I'm interested in seeing movies where these actors are just kind of playing the same person over and over again in these different settings. Yeah. Especially when their personality that they're playing over and over is not really interesting. Like, at least with Christopher Walken and stuff, like, oh, well, you get the fun Walken personality in whatever yeah. role he's in now. Whereas Bruce Willis is just a Bruce Willis. That's basically well, about it. I also think it's different with, like, a Christopher Walken when he's doing just being Christopher Walken. He's never the lead, right? Yeah. He's always, like, a supporting yeah. character, and that's different. That's true. And I think just having the, having, having the lead actor that just plays himself put into a weird scenario, I think is just kind of done with that now mm. at least in action movies it's still there are still comedy guys doing it that get away with it but i, I think you're wrong Ooh. i think it depends on who the person is like bruce willis being bruce willis is not very fun because you don't want bruce willis to be bruce willis you want you know bruce willis to be fucking one of his other characters that were good Somebody like Fred Williamson, on the other hand, could be Fred Williamson all the fuck he wants. And that movie's still going to be awesome because it's Fred fucking Williamson. Yeah, but like I said, he's got a fun personality, at least. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I think it all depends on who the person is. There's plenty of action guys who can just make a career out of being the same guy over and over again. I will see that movie every fucking time, and it will be awesome. (laughs) I just don't think Bruce Willis is that guy. No, I agree. 
Wait, somebody wore a Charles Bronson shirt to the Death Wish premiere? That person needs to be beaten within an inch of his life. Boy. Don't patronize the Die Hard or the Death Wish remake. I wear your he, Charles Bronson. Maybe shirt. he was wearing it in protest. Maybe. I've said, maybe. I've said before, I don't think the original Death Wish is that good either. So. <laughs> no! No, Chuck! No! <laughs> Uh, it's cheesy, right. but not intentionally cheesy, and it's, it can be kind of fun to watch, but it's not. <laughs> it's not not worthy of a remake from Eli Roth and fucking Bruce Willis, though. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, but Death Wish. <laughs> um, let's see, Noah. You can go see that Red Sparrow movie. Which is basically uh, Black Widow's origin story that uh, they would never make because Marvel says that there's no interesting story to tell with Black Widow solo film. Absolutely none of the trailers for that have sold me on it. I'll probably wait for that one to come out on streaming or something. You have Movie Pass; it's free. Yeah, but now now that I'm working, I actually have like time constraints, and that's not worth chewing up time. Oh my god, you're fucking weirdo. Um, you can go see Natalie Portman in Annihilation, which I have no interest in. I feel like I should have interest in that, but I don't, and I don't understand why. Yeah. That's why other people are like super excited to go see it. I'm like, really? Everything I've seen just looks dumb. It doesn't even look bad. It just looks interesting. Do you know what my problem with it is? It's got Natalie fucking Portman in it. <laughs> sure. She's she's very attractive. And I don't even think she's a bad actor, but I can't remember the last time she was in a fucking movie and it didn't just irritate me. <laughs> um, you like, can see maybe the day. one, what's, what's the one that uh, James Franco and uh, dude from. Uh, I love the, baseball, the baseball show. You know who I'm talking about. I know you're talking Baseball about. Fun to hear you to stumble like this. So. I can't remember what his name is. Eastbound and down. You know what I'm talking about. It's Danny McBride is who he's trying Danny, to talk Danny, about. Danny McBride. Uh, and they're in the medieval ages. And there's a bunch oh. of jokes. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Yeah. Nellie Portman's fine in that, but her her acting requirements is to be as good as James Franco playing James Franco. Ouch. So poor James Franco. So it did all right. James uh, Franco's James Franco's terrible. I can't believe they keep putting him in movies. I don't I don't yeah. know fucking stand it. I don't mind him. I have no problem with it. I think he has per- delivered some good acting roles. And and he just does this comedy thing where he just plays himself. I don't know. I think he can be good. I think it just he seems to get to pick his roles and he picks the worst roles. <laughs> you could go see a Game Night with Jason Bateman. Me. Shape of Water is still in theaters and I haven't seen Shape of Water yet. Oh. And I'm really upset, run. So. Run to theaters and watch it. I keep, I, keep, I keep meaning to. I've got the, the dog 
who's like lost his fucking mind, so it's hard for me to get like a couple hours spare time. What the fuck, Noah? It's a dog. Oh my god, dude. He's handful. Love the dog. I leave my dog uncrated every day when I go to work. Yeah. My dog, I turn my back for ten seconds and he'll shit. He won't even <laughs> he won't even need to shit. I just turn my back. So he's like <laughs> Fuck you, dude. What turn is with the animals in your turn, house? Turn your back on can me. I, can I change the topic back to movies, please? <laughs> no, I don't have anything to say, but I just I actually here's my question for you. Probably going to a movie on Saturday. I want to go see The Shape of Water. How do I talk a non-geek into going to that with me? Um, say there's some full frontal nudity in it from a woman. The Oscar bait. Oscar bait. That's probably the better argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a con- it's a controversial film. Controversial. Yeah, because he's been accused of plagiarism. Oh yeah, that's right. By a whole bunch of fucking people. <laughs> really? I thought it was only the one. No, it's like three. Three different people are all accused him of plagiarizing different parts of the movie. And one of them is tenuous at best. <laughs> like, one of them wrote a stage play about, like, a magical dolphin. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'd heard. And it's like, that doesn't... I haven't seen the movie yet, and I certainly haven't seen the stage play, so maybe I shouldn't judge, but didn't seem like it had much to go on. There's another one that's a short film, and that there's this weird three-way argument that a lot of people are just saying, well, the scenes are similar, but it's an homage to this thing. And then the guy who made the short film saying, no, he straight up stole it. And then Guillermo del Toro saying, I've never even seen your short film. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing, too, when you talk about a stage play or a short film. It's like the idea that Guillermo del Toro saw your thing and stole your idea is a bit far-fetched unless you have more to go on. Because how many random short films does that guy watch? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember what the third thing is. The third one's got something to do with some of the dialogue or something like that. Mm. They all seem, I think, I think they all sound a wee bit fucking thin. It sounds more like people are real salty that he took an idea that sounds like an idea that a lot of people have had and actually made it into a good movie. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, a lot of people are almost like people are taken aback by the fact that this movie did well and is being respected. And it's, like, well, I had crazy fucked up ideas too. How come my ideas aren't winning me Oscars? And it's like, well, you're not Guillermo del Toro. There's... Lady, lady fucks a magical dolphin in my play. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should have made your dolphin humanoid. It would have worked out better. Uh, you can see uh, Michael Shannon eat lots of lemon drops in this movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that to convince my girlfriend to go. <laughs> he eats lemon drops. Come on. <laughs> uh, start, ta- I start talking about Michael Shannon. I end up on a rant about fucking the DC movies and just <laughs> ruining my whole day. Uh, just tell her it's a love story because that is not a lie. No, I know. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe I can rope her in. Because, like, what kind of movies is she into? I don't know. A lot of stuff I won't watch, <laughs> such as. 
<laughs> I'm not really even sure. I stopped asking. <laughs> so like there's a movie coming out I want to go see, and it's like, okay, what night do I have to watch the kid? That's <laughs> uh, funny. Well, I was gonna try to help you craft a, a, an excuse for her to go, but uh. I don't know. My uh, my wife wanted to go. She was super excited, so yeah, you can all be jealous of that. Me. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you watch Critters and Leprechaun with uh, your girlfriend Noah? Uh, parts of it. She she was <laughs> rooting for him. Uh, Le- Leprechaun, she was not uh, getting down with, but Critter, she seemed to be pretty much okay with for the most part. Mm. Mostly because the thing she always gets irked is like over the top, like violence and uh, gore, or the things that she doesn't like. Mm. And Critters really doesn't do either of those things too too terribly bad. I think she was with I, she was halfway with me on Leprechaun until the Pogo scene, and then she was like, "No, <laughs> this is gross. No, I hear his bones breaking. We're done." Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.